0: What's going on, everybody? This is a special episode of three angry black people. And, you know, we are once again in the building, but we got a special guest with us. Now, I have to tell you, she's one of my favorite authors. All right. She wrote the book. God save the Queens. OK, this is an NPR's best book of the year. Yes. All right. All right. So for all you hip hop heads, I'm telling you, if you didn't check out that book, you're missing on something. But also, she re- recently released a brand new book. All right, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen it. Now, Chris, you want to tell them what that book is?
1: Oh, it is the amazing, the illustrious, the the perfect swan song to an amazing singer's life, baby girl, better known, known as Aaliyah.
0: Word, word. <laughs> so we want to give a warm welcome. To Kathy, I am Dolly, and I hope I didn't yes! butcher your name.
2: Yes. Hi. Uh,
3: yeah. That that was pretty good. It was Evangeli, but you know it was
0: close. It was close. So. <laughs> my bad. My bad. I ju- I just always know. I'm like my. I always say my, one of my favorite authors, who also told me about Republic T and put me on a rhapsody. That's all I need to know. If never anything else, let me stop. <laughs> A very I awesome. I love that. Writer. <laughs> All right. right. Dirty, dirty. Oh, Can't will oh, uh, be going to Sir, to Right. Right. So, Kathy, how's everything going? Is the new book out? You're working. you you got new projects already under the belt. Like, I seen your post on Instagram. So, you're already back to writing. I'm like, wait a minute. You just released a really awesome book. What's happening? You're right back on the hustle. What's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Like,
3: I feel. I. When what, what's crazy is, you know, you finish books, right? And then there's that kind of waiting period of getting ready to promote them. And then the book comes out into the world, and for the first two weeks is when you're doing, like, the hardcore promotion. And then after that, it's just, you know, interviews as they come. So it's really back to work, because theoretically my break had already happened, but people are seeing the product, and I feel like it's very similar to like an album rollout where like the album, actually an album rollout in like the nineties, right. Where the (laughs) album was like done and then it gets mastered and you're waiting. And then the album comes out while the artist goes back in the studio or goes on tour or something like that. So it's, it's, it's very much similar to album rollouts in the nineties where what people are experiencing as me writing the minute is not actually happening i was
0: already done so now i'm like back to work all right <laughs> <laughs> they come up to you and they say you know i love your book and you're like no cool cool i respect that okay i gotta get back to this this writing now <laughs> so was it different writing
2: about Aaliyah than maybe some other artists because of you know her short time on this earth and how special she was like how was it like you know how was this journey different for you
3: well, for one, when I write about one specific artist over the the three books that I've done with artists, it's a collaborative effort, right? So when I did the book with Prodigy, it was with Prodigy. Doing the book with T. Payne, with T. Payne. Doing Kim's memoir with Little Kim, with little Kim you know? So that is an entirely different situation when you're doing such a um, a, a, a strong collaborative work. And when you're writing a biography about someone who's no longer here, it's really difficult because you don't have them to ask questions to. You don't have them to clarify things. And you have to, you're getting a different type of story because you're missing one of the key players. You were missing the key player Mm. in, in, in that story. So it lends itself to a different type of recording as a journalist and then a different type of storytelling as an author. So, when, and then when you're talking about something like God Save the Queens, which is more like an anthology, mm-hmm. but the anthology again was very collaborative because of all the artists I spoke to who were able to share their stories as part of this anthology. So right. this was, uh, you're missing the star of the show when, when you do a biography like this. So that was really the hardest part of not having her here to, to, to do it with right so yeah
2: and plus and yeah and plus and and plus with all the added you know tension in the story that makes it even twice as hard too you know
3: it does because you're talking about an artist who was booked and who her career was bookended by tragedy essentially you know she came she came in with a very I don't even know the right words, like toxic environment. And then, you know, her life ended so abruptly. So when you make it your mission to have the middle part be the focus and and talk about all the amazing things.
4: Yeah. And
3: everyone is so fixated on the beginning and the end. That makes it really hard when you're trying to promote the story, you know?
2: Oh Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, why do we have to, why do we have to cover this man? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, but, yeah. you know, it's like you have to, you know, it's like you have to get through it so we can get to the good part, you know, unfortunately, R. Kelly is 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 for better or worse there, you know, you just got to get through it, I guess.
0: Yeah, but, you know, that's what I love, that's what I I love about reading this book, because Kathy, you wasted no time letting folks know that this book was about the celebration of Aaliyah's life. The complete story, yes. And you make the chapters, like each chapter I felt like flowed naturally. So when I'm coming to the end of one chapter, I'm going into the the next chapter. I'm in my, you know, my feels for a little bit, but I'm remembering certain moments You know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, I was for as a fan, I was fortunate to experience, you know, from a distance, you know, hearing the music and just how things were progressing. So, you know, like it was getting better because there was moments for me uh, where I'm like, oh, I remember when she released this video. You know, I remember when she linked up with Timberland. I remember when she linked up with, you know, Missy. But then getting the the picture that was going on behind and knowing what was happening to make these things happen for Aaliyah and Aaliyah taking the world by storm the way she did, I love the fact that you captured that in such a way that as a reader and somebody who may have never, you know, got to experience those things can experience those things, the highs and the lows, and you just captured it perfectly.
2: Yeah, especially that part about, you know, when she – you know, had to, was under a deadline and had the genius to be able to do Are You That Somebody in, mm-hmm. under, in under 12 hours? Like, hey, let's just, get, let's just go to work. Timbaland, you know what to do. Let's, you know, you know, let's get it popping. It was like, wow, like, that's the only other person I've, you know, in hip hop that I've heard that does that is like Tupac, you know? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it takes a special kind of artist to be immortal.
4: Yes. And Mm -hmm.
3: I think that with Aaliyah in particular, when you listen to Aaliyah's music now, it's like she could have released it right now. And she did release it right now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, technically with the streaming services and and all the, um, the music finally reaching them. But there's There's a timelessness to Aliyah that's different from when you're listening to another artist Other, some artists can make timeless music, yes, wonderful um, amazing, but her timelessness is different in the sense that you literally just feel like she's still right here
4: yeah mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a,
3: there's a, it's a tangibility that not a lot of artists have, and maybe it's because we lost her so quickly and then we got thrust into 9-11 and then all this other stuff happened and we we kind of didn't have enough space to grieve but then we had too much space with no music so it only added to the anticipation of when we could get that but i don't know i you know there alia was something special she was someone special she was She was at somebody. Right. And you don't get artists like that every day. Yeah. The energy,
2: the energy they put out, you know, it's like, you know, they're walking, you know, it's like they're walking on water. You know, they move to a different drummer, you know, just Mm -hmm. in in, in everything they do. So, you know, I guess people call it the it factor. I don't know, but you know, it, you know, that's it. When you see it, it's timeless. Like, just like you said.
1: Yeah. Well in the book book, and then like from all the interviews and the people who spoke about it, every last person who said something in an article, um, because I went through your biography and I was like, Oh, I love it. Um, they all said the same thing. She had this, this spark, this fire, this light, and they wanted to cultivate it. Whether it was, um, Gladys Knight, whether it was even Ed McMahon, I remember that one portion of the book when you wrote that Ed McMahon was like, even though she lost, she still had that it factor, and I find it hilarious that most people who lose Star Search did, does go on, did go on to be bigger mm-hmm. than the people who yeah. won. Um, I would uh-huh. like to ask something. Like, I just want to kind of bring it. Like, what was your favorite discovery when you was writing Aaliyah? Like, I already know that you're a big fan because I read the um. I don't want to say prologue. I know it's not the prologue, but I've read the first part of the book. so I was like, she is a, a true. Bit, yeah. yeah. I was like, you are a hundred percent, 110% true fan. You remember the day and the moment, like, you know, it all happened, but then you also focused on, but like y'all kind of grew up, like you put it into a perspective of when you looked at your life and her life is like, yo, this could have been like, you know what I mean? Like it, this could have been me. So mm-hmm. I just want to know, What was your favorite moment of discovery while you're researching the book and you're like, What Aaliyah was this? And like that what was your favorite moment? So I'm
4: gonna
3: I'm gonna be a little nerdier in my um in my favorite moment. People have asked me this. Yeah, Yeah, people have asked me this and and I've I've given I've given answers that are are true, but I'm gonna give you like the real one. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready. All right. Um knowing that tech from smith and wesson was her cousin which led her to, to get on um night Rider.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes okay sorry i'll calm
3: down <laughs> that that meant so much to me i don't know like that was like i i really loved knowing that like that was something that and, and it was crazy because, you know, I, I had interviewed Buckshot, you know, mm-hmm. about Knight Riders. And I was like, yeah, how'd you get Aliyah on there? And he's like, well, you know, that's Tex Cousin. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is just too um, much fun. <laughs> and I'm a boot camp click fan. So, so am
3: I. Right? Oh, my
0: gosh. So like
3: a zealot, in fact. So when I found that out, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like the Tim's practically formed on my feet as they were telling, as he was telling me. Like
0: I was like, "What wow. did, did you have, so, did, did you have that look? Like, wait a minute! You, you so you just going to spring this on me now?
3: <laughs> like, it, like the horns to Bucktown started playing in my head.
0: Home with the original gun clubs, Bucktown. Yeah.
3: Like as soon as like he told me that. And I was just like, I was like, wow, that, that actually not, I I know it's, it's a small footnote, but that is my favorite part of the book. Honestly, that, because that was my world coming together. So as like the reader, as the, as the, the person who's absorbing the story, Mm -hmm. that was my favorite moment because it was, it was me like that, that was something that like meant something to me as a a hip-hop head like that was just my my favorite
4: part like oh my god yeah
3: i
1: love it and that was a part when i when i read it i had to go back and read it like three times i was like (laughs) did they were cousins Mm -hmm. yes i'll tell you
2: i'll tell you the two things that 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 was like wow this woman is incredible and i'm so upset that she's not here with us now is when I found – two things. One, when I found out that she was warming up with, like, opera singing because opera – like, not every person that's a singer can sing opera. You have to have those vocals. That's not – you know what I mean? Like, that was incredible. And then the second thing was that she – I, I don't know if she wanted to do an album, but it sounded like she was connecting with a uh, Trent Reznor from nine inch nails. Yes. And it got me to thinking that maybe she had like a, I don't want to say a punk spirit, but you know, she did. There was, yeah. yeah, there was something else. There was something else there that she would cross, you know, the
1: musicality that she yeah. exhibited before, before fully forming it. yeah. And, but we knew, oh, sorry, I should talk into the mic. <laughs> Elle's looking at me like, talk into the mic. <laughs> um, but no, but that's why, that's the beautiful thing about your book is because you truly, like, wove it in a way to show her musicality, her duality, like, her compassion, her, what she envisioned her life for. Like, I really feel like she was a manifester. And like, the whole Nine Inch Nails, I was like, the only reason I knew that that part was because I was heavy into rock at the time, like punk and rock. Mm. And, and then when I was like, yo, I think, did they say that they're going to work with Aaliyah one day? Are they? And then when I read the book, I was like, yes, that was going to be the next, that move, that move. But anyway. I'll Aaliyah's on. on head like a hole. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, one of my one of my favorite um, pop artists, rock artists is Halsey. And I, I was very, to, you know, with her new project. If I can't have love, I want power. It was with Trent Reznor. So for me, like that, just felt like, you know, it's it's um, it's bittersweet in a sense where it's like, you know, Aaliyah would have been able to do that, right? But um, it was it was just one of those things where because you know Halsey talks about how Aaliyah inspired her too. So it was, um, you know, hearing that project, especially. It releasing a week after, or two, a week, two weeks after my book, and and just having to see the twentieth anniversary of Alia, and then that project,
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: it was it was kind of just this wave of emotions where, you know, you can't help but think about Alia even when you hear that project, and you know, it's an, it's a brilliant, brilliant project, and um, I just I it made, it made me wonder what Alia would have sounded like on Trent Reznor's
1: production. Oh, mm-hmm. It would have been. I'm just imagining it in my head. I think it would have been so epic. And at the same time, it might've been a different, I think she would have expressed a different part of herself that she hadn't mm-hmm. fully Im- um, expressed in pop or hip hop. Cause I just think about it. Like I think about her R and B songs. And then when she started getting into more pop music, and even though like, I know like static major and Timbaland and Missy and those producers all like really collaborated and helped, you know, grow her and like kind of pull back layers and like massage different things. Just thinking about like a different dimension of like, no, I want you to tap into this pain or I want you to tap into this disappointment and imagine in her voice, just kind of reverberating across the like different guitars and different snares. I think it would have just, Oh, I'm getting chills. I want to shut up now. (laughs) Not to,
2: well, I mean, not just the music, but also queen of the dam. Like that was my, Mm. that was my indication. Like, hold on. There's something, there's something extra to Leah that we don't quite know about because she's telling us she wants to go this route,
1: you know. Oh, it was in her eye. It's always been in her eyes, and that's why I think she hid her eyes because when you look into a person's eyes, you can see. And when you finally, when she revealed her eyes, it's like, yo, ma'am, you was a fully dynamic woman, and yeah, I could, I shh. anyway. She, let's she, move she, forward. She may,
0: mis- she may be a mysterious a true art form. She, yeah, she, uh-huh. she, she she really cultivated as an art form. Like I I, I love her like a side note. Like I, I love her. She's one of my favorite artists, but I remember the first album and everybody had this thing. Well, you don't see her face. You don't see her face. Aaliyah was the type of person. She was like, you know, I'm going to have these shades on. I'm going to have these shades on. I'm going to be low key. You know, I'm going to be street, but sweet. And you're going to know when I enter the room because I'm bad at what I do. I'm the baddest and you're going to hear when mm-hmm. I say like, you know, rappers talk about all the time. They go in the booth, they spit a 16, they done. I feel like Aaliyah shows up. She's like, yo, you know what? Hold, hold, hold my drink. Goes and kill it. And then sits on the couch. And this is just like chilling. Because imagine that today. That whole persona. Yeah, I just finished laying this down. I'm going to go ahead and get on the phone call Kathy. Alright, y'all handle your your vocals. I'm done. But that was the that was the energy. And it wasn't and it wasn't a thing where she didn't even have to be bolsterist. She could just sit down. You knew what it was. And I love that about her so much. And that's also why I'ma say it. She made Tommy cool. She <laughs> made Tommy cool. I didn't give one iota about Tommy Hill figure. When Aaliyah rocked Tommy. She was like, "Hold on, let me, let me, let me have my style to this. Let me do something." Do you
2: think Tommy Hilfiger would have tanked without Aaliyah?
3: Um, I think that that's an interesting question uh, because if you think about what was kind of going on at this point, right? Like when when, when Aaliyah jumped on um, the Tommy Hilfiger um, ad campaign. Right, hmm the brand was really going through it, right, because mm-hmm. the the rumor had circulated that um and it was it was funny because in the nineties right mm-hmm. when the whole when the whole thing happened with um saying that Tommy was racist, right was based upon an interview that actually had never happened, yeah <laughs> and it was when i when i had i had to really research what happened to or even what the rumor was to even figure all of this out and, and put it all together and i learned a lot in the tommy girl chapter right I, my my publisher almost wanted me to omit it they were like oh i don't know what this is for the story and i was like are you kidding me this is the centerpiece of aliya's fashion like this is this is what." Yeah. Like Aliyah, this is how Aliya revolutionized fashion. Like you know, mm-hmm. beyond just her wearing the bandeau tops and the baggy pants, like the, her her becoming the face of um, this brand ultimately changed fashion. But anyway, I didn't realize that what what they were accusing Tommy of was suggesting that if you if people of color wore Tommy Hilfiger, they were making it too accessible, which is just insane you know to to think about that that was the, that was the rumor and, and, and we learn now that that never happened but what a disgusting rumor to begin with right um, the aspirational yeah. value of a, of a clothing line to suggest that that was the, the dialogue if that had happened that would have been that's, it's just ridiculous to think about but um, Aliyah, you know uh, then there was a period of time and, and this was oh my god this was something else that I learned sorry mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that the shiny suit that Puffy wore that um, ultimately kicked off the shiny suit era was a Tommy Hilfiger suit.
4: What? Yeah. yeah,
3: that that actually blew my mind when, and this is part of the you know the Tommy Girl chapter. You know, just just piecing all that together, and yeah, I was no. like, wait a minute, the shiny suit era was was a suit made by Tommy. Like that's crazy. So there was a there was a period of time where. Tommy was doing whatever Tommy could do to get to change, to change it around the reputation. Yeah. The collaborations. Mm. Right. But he was missing one very important piece, black women. Mm. Ah. Mm. You're, you're, you're trying so hard to get on the good side of black men because of this rumor. But you have completely forgotten an entirely different, important consumer, right? And not to mention you're making clothes that don't even speak to that consumer, let alone speak to women in general, right? I used to wear like, you know, Tommy rugby's and I was like, what am I doing? Right? Because it was <laughs> like it was it wasn't it wasn't made for women, right? So when the campaign then kind of broadened, and, you know, you incorporated, like, a young Kate Hudson. Like, she was a part of the campaign, and, you know, Kidada came in eventually, but she had, you know, she had been doing, like, talent scouting for Tommy, but, and she was the one who, who scouted Aaliyah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's how they became friends, and Aaliyah, Aaliyah changed the complete perception of that brand. And the interesting part about it was from when the day that Aliyah wore the clothing it became a women's line. It became it it became a black women's line. hers, right?
4: Yeah. Immediate
2: so, acceptance.
3: Um but immediately and and nobody wore the clothes like Aliyah did. Mm. And that was something that I think you know even decades later, when when um, Tommy just recently did the the rollout again in, in honor of of that um, that campaign, mm-hmm. you just look at the influence, and, and it's just like man, it was not the clothing, it was the person wearing the clothing. Yes. and and that's just that's just Aliyah. That is Aliyah through and through. Mm-hmm. It's not your beat; it's how Aliyah rocks over the beat. It's not the composition of the song it's how Aliyah sings it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the choreography it's how Aliyah moves through the through the um the dancing. And it's not to discredit um the contributions of the people who have brought these things to her. But it's Aliyah's interpretation of everything that just shows you how brilliant she is.
2: Yes. To me to me I thought about it like a like a baseball like like a baseball player, you know, Anybody, you know, like, and you have a Louisville like, like uh the producers like Timberland was like the Louisville slugger, but but Aaliyah was the one hitting the home runs, you know. It was a, you know, it was yeah the bat was hitting the ball out into the into the outfield, but Aaliyah was the one swinging it without without Aaliyah without the ball player using that tool. It wouldn't have gotten to where it is. Only Aaliyah could have could have knocked it out the park like that.
0: You know, I'm I'm gonna say because that that is literally my favorite chapter. Um, Oh wow! Like yeah, no, I I really feel like Aaliyah. I feel like Aaliyah was somebody who her energy, she like working with working with folks. She could bring out she could bring out the brilliance. I felt like there's certain people like you start working with them and it's like a connection that just like comes to, really comes together. So I feel like when she started working with Missy and Timbaland, especially when you consider the things that they were going through trying to get their music out, yeah. I felt like that collaboration Everybody bought something to the table. Oh,
2: yeah, I'm and, not yeah. I'm not. Yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, 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 I, I and I totally get what you're saying because, you know, you can always have a beat. You can always have a beat. You can have a clothing line. You can have some type of product. But sometimes with that product, you can only take it before so far. I felt like Aaliyah was somebody who could take your beat to the next level, take your clothing line to the next level. And she did it effortlessly because of just who she was. So when I think about the the like, just gosh, when she started working with Missy and Timberlin, and just being there for when those videos would come out, let me tell you, it'd be many videos I could have playing in the background. But if it's an Aaliyah video, I don't care what I'm doing, Uh and I've gotten punished over that. (laughs) I was was, like, I would be, I'm supposed to be outside. Mona lawn, whatever. Aaliyah comes on. Oh, I'm going to pause for a moment. Then I hear from the steps. Then I tell you to do such and such and such. Why you still standing around? Okay, mom, I'm going to get to it. But but Aaliyah, I don't care. Mom, is Aaliyah. Boy, if I come back and you still. Sometimes I just had to take that out. Because I'm going to listen. <laughs> I'm going to watch. And then I'm going to tell my friends about it.
4: <laughs> I'm really. You One know.
0: in a million came on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> the feels
2: don't you
1: dare do it Ryan.
2: don't
0: you dare do it Ryan.
1: I appreciate and respect you but if you butcher this song right here right now Kathy will find out how venomous I am I'm
2: sorry alright you just, just give me a really good
1: feeling that is your wife oh not my me um, yeah, alright
2: all right, all right, so really uh, so really quickly you mentioned um that uh you know on are you that somebody you know that uh that uh baby sound of the baby mm-hmm. cooing. there actually is somebody that tried to track down the baby that made that sound what? <laughs> like oh you know because you, you said it came from like a move I, I i think a movie right no it was
3: no. it was like um a sound effect cd and it was like called i think like happy baby or something
2: yeah oh, okay yeah somebody tried to actually track down the baby like but what t- to, f- to
0: find out because <laughs> people got uh, you know pe- pe- you know people like got another baby, like, so. like like, like couldn't you imagine that claim to fame though like yeah they well, it me. Mean, it's just like it the nirvana like like a- baby
3: yeah i mean but you know that's um and i mean you know the whole controversy now surrounding the nirvana baby but like you know, I don't, I don't really see, I mean, that's a sound. Like I, I can't imagine like a grown ass man being like, that was me. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, I was like, oh. like, like I can't, I can't like, I can't rationalize someone being like, Hey, did you, did you hear that? It's not like it's the Maybach music girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. Like I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I, why
2: <laughs> I, like, people love attention. People, uh, pe- people starve for attention. Any way they can find it. Some people.
3: Well, I mean, you know. yeah.
1: I would like to say... Let
3: identify the baby? Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to say my... um. I enjoyed the whole book. and every, We all enjoyed the whole book. But the four-page letter section where you had fans' letters to Aaliyah about how they inspired her life, saved their lives, um, just what they felt, like, realizing, like, when they got introduced to it, it's like... That part gave me chills. I was so th- I I had to do a hybrid I read the book and then I had to get the audio book because I draw I drive a lot so hearing it and then I started crying and then going back and reading and I cried but I want to say the photographers did you actually get a chance to talk and interview the photographers that you did in the um the very end of the book that talked about Aaliyah's like not last photo shoots but the last few photo shoots she did before d- yeah I would like for you to talk about that I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. So what I did was I, you know, there were so many amazing photographers who contributed to just this visual representation of Aaliyah. And I hope that when I, um, in, in the next edition of the book, I get to speak with, um, you know, Hamish Brown who did the cover because he has like a whole other amazing story about, um, about the that photo and that shoot, and but I wanted to take three moments in in um in Aaliyah's life and kind of freeze frame them, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And with Jonathan Mannion and Eric Johnson, you know, they were kind of close together because it was toward the end of uh, Aaliyah's life. But with um um Eddie Ocheri, I wanted to. Speak to a photographer who caught Aliyah in the pre and the post R. Kelly era, mm. because he was one of the, he was one of the few who who got that right? right, who was able to capture her within a year apart, and he was the one who was able to notice a very distinctive difference in mm. in, in in her, right? right, and and how and her comfort in front of a camera and and her confidence, but also her growth, because she was then like you know the jump from fifteen to sixteen is. is it's pretty high. Right. right. So, so I, I wanted to, to get a photographer who was able to speak on that. Okay. And that was a really great experience because, you know, Eddie, it was, he, he, when he told me the stories of how, you know, he was the photographer for this interview, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, the first one wasn't actually like a separate shoot type of thing right it was like he was just doing he was doing just a a shoot for his friend's magazine Mm -hmm. and his friend was like ready to like grill Aliyah. like he was like I'm gonna ask her about this and I'm gonna ask her about R. Kelly and all this stuff like he was getting ready and Alia walked in the room, and the moment she sat down, the way that Eddie describes what happened was, he was like, you know, he just kind of melted into the table. Like he just had <laughs> he could he couldn't even contain himself. Like it was just like she just charmed him to the point where and Eddie said to me, where he was like, he's like, he was already on the defensive, like ready to go in, and then he just looked in Alia's eyes and was like, "What's going on in your world?" I <laughs> like, can't
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: it was, and it was just really funny. And then to hear, you know, Eddie talk about how, um, alia would, um, on key, like she would, um, notes. So like if, if I say, um, I, it's a flat nothing, right? But like alia would, um, like when she would, um, she would <laughs> sing an um, it was like, you know, things like that, that I just, uh, it was, it was just really great. And then, you know, hearing how, uh, Jonathan Mannion was the the turnaround for this for the shoot to happen, and then Eric Johnson's shoot happening. Like the whole the whole thing was there was there's another part of um, of those two stories where I, I forget which photographer it was and um, in, in which order, but the one photographer oh Eric I think Eric was walking down the street. And saw the last photo shoot with Alia happening. And that's how Eric knew that he wasn't the last shoot, mm-hmm. but it's the last picture that we see of Alia, which is that one that's on the infamous vibe cover, the white on white, where she just looks completely angelic. Yes. But Eric was walking past the last shoot and it was, and then Jonathan had to change around his shoot for that other shoot and it was like they were just all interconnected and it was it was a it was, it was wild just how the the chain of events in between June to August of 2001 were just you just you kind of like when I, when I was going through each step knowing what the end result was going to be mm-hmm. it was like man that that's how just seeing how her her final months were spent and you don't really get that kind of a play by play in in um, a celebrity's life
1: right I, I just I thought it was perfect it was kismet like just here like when the way you wrote it and reading it and just like saying wow like he realized he was like you said he realized he wasn't the last one but his picture will be the one that's immortalized on the vibe mm-hmm. cover but at the same time it's like all of them spoke with such a such a beauty about her. Like she just kind of went with it. And then sometimes she's like, Hey, can I see it? And let me work with you. And she would pick out the one she liked and like just how they worked with it. Like I have to tell you this whole book, I had chills when I read it. I had chills when I listened to it. I went back and read it again. Again, this is in my opinion, if you are for me as a woman, it was the perfect culmination of reliving my teenage years Mm -hmm. But also realizing that someone who I would probably never meet in my life was going through similar struggles and coming into her young womanhood, coming into her womanhood, coming into maintaining that this duality and this mysteriousness that I talked about. But at the same time, kind of expanding herself and having a work ethic. Like, let's let me just be real. Who can we say has a work ethic like Aaliyah? And I'm not going to say Queen B. Queen Bay, we're not talking, but like at that moment and that time from 92, because we're going, we're going to start a little bit early to the to the last moment to have that type of work ethic and just the beauty of how you weave that book together and the stories from the photographers and from different articles. And <laughs> Kathy, you deserve all the flowers. This was an amazing, amazing wow. opus magnum. It was. It's not your last one. It's not. You got so many more to come.
3: I mean, God willing, you know, there's, there's gotta be, it's, it, it's difficult when it's difficult to write stories that you hold so near and dear to you. And, you know, I'm, I started, I was just a fan, right? Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a fan who happened to start writing. Right. I mean, that, I'm not, I'm not someone who, you know, there's, there's, there's two different types of music journalists in my opinion. There's, there's people who just went to J school and decided that music journalism was the more fun route as opposed to being a political journalist or, you know, I don't know, writing advertising copy, whatever,
1: right? <laughs> you know with that being said I'm going to jump jump off of this real quick because I realized in God Save the Queens you made you um, I think it was towards the end of the book you were talking about everything that one um, my condolences about your mother even though I know it's probably an older woman but still you know losing a parent especially to um, cancer I can I can't imagine and she was there for your wins for your sad moments for your down and she still was like cheering you on i um mm-hmm. oh, man i wish i could give you a hug right now (laughs) i know she is so proud of you but i want to know because you 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 was like you were talking about how um you was talking to your mom about hey i want to be a journalist instead of being a lawyer i want to know a few moments before that what made what was the pivotal moment for you when you said Nah, i ain't going to law school this ain't for me
3: oh man um well, I, I don't want to break a confidentiality because um, it, it was actually something while I was on the job. Oop, so, never mind um, then. Don't
1: worry about what, it. <laughs>
3: what, yeah, what what actually happened was um, whatever. I was I was working <laughs> at a I was working at a law firm, and there was um, multiple attorneys, and one of the attorneys who I didn't actually work directly with, um, but like ha- like sometimes would work with him.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: He, he brought me, I've actually never told this story publicly. That's crazy. So this is, this is the moment. This is, this is what actually changed everything. So he, I was, he had asked me if I wanted to come with him. He was like an, an estate attorney and like, with like, um, just naming like will stuff, stuff. Right?
4: right. And
3: he asked me if I wanted to come with him with a client. Because I was, I'm, I was a paralegal, but I was also a notary public, right? So mm-hmm. I, um, if they needed an extra witness signature, I could do that, right? Right. So, because I had been working at my, um, my uncle's law firm since I was like 13 years old. So I had, I had, um, you know, when I was re- working with my uncle, like I had such a, like a long history, right? Like, so I had been working in law for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, this other, this other attorney, he, he had asked me to come with him. And I, I didn't realize when we were going, we were going to a woman's deathbed and he was, she didn't have a power of attorney and, and he was getting her to re-sign the agreement where he added an extra thousand dollars to the bill that her estate would owe to him. What? And okay. I remember being so disgusted and I was like, I can't do this. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I would ever become that person, Mm -hmm. but just the idea that that's, that would be my colleague in Mm -hmm. some way, shape or form was just something that didn't sit right with me. And that was the day I went home and I said to my mother, I said, mom, I'm I'm not going to law school. Wow. And that was, that was actually, that was, that was the moment for me. That was the turning point where I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Right. And, um, you know, that wasn't actually the moment. It wasn't, like, one of those things where it was, like, I'm not going to law school. I'm going to be a journalist. That that wasn't what happened. I ended up getting this horrible other job working in, um, oh, my God. Jeez, I'm, like, telling you all the stories. So I ended up working <laughs> at this one company that I thought was, like, a marketing company, and it turned out that it was, like, um, a company that, like, worked with the military, which, again, I was, like, what happened? I oh, my God. And, and, and and the reason why I didn't realize it was because the paralegal did not read the contract. Oh. I didn't know
4: what I, oh
3: I did not read because I, like, I was so hell bent on getting out of the old job and going into the new job that I just was like, fine, fine, fine. Marketing, yeah, cool. I have a business degree, and I just like went in and I didn't realize that I signed myself up for a two-year contract <laughs> company. Um, I left. Um, I, I forget when I started, but it was like. So I no, actually I do remember when I started. I started a couple days before 9/11. No. Was it a year later? I can't even Oh my gosh, everything's like bleeding into each other. No. No, no, no. It was 2002. It was a year after and that was when we went to war. Yes. Oh. That was the whole the whole thing. So they were like it it was the most man. I I tried so hard to get fired. Like <laughs> I so on um I used to I used to show up on casual Fridays um, wearing um, a Che Guevara t-shirt mm-hmm. and like to, to purposely go against the dress code because I was hoping <laughs> that they would fire me and instead they would make me wear um, corporate the corporate logo t-shirt I have to go get changed or I would wear like t-shirts that were just like the the messaging was just like you know so like I literally just like I always walked in like with like. Dead prez aggression. You know what I mean? Like every day. Like I was like, let me see how I could get thrown out, and they would not get rid of me. And I literally left two years <laughs> to the day. But, oh, that's um, funny.
2: Should have lit a cigarette.
3: I, <laughs> you know what I'm, I mean? I uh, mean that, but that it was like one of those companies where they would like quote Office Space all the time, and like they would like like wear Hawaiian shirts literally on Friday, and I was just <laughs> like, oh my god. And the last day, I wrote this long thing about like leaving. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And somebody replied to it two days later and it bounced into my boss's inbox.
4: So oh, he wow. read my
3: oh. whole message. Now, I should also say I was writing at this point, but I wasn't like I had been writing for a few years, but I wasn't writing as a career. It was more like my outlet because I was, you know, I started I started writing in ninety nine mm-hmm. around the same time that I was um, doing street teaming for The Roots. Like that was my, you know, I'd worked at a record store in 96, 96 to 99. Well, I worked at a record store from 96 to 2001. Right. But in 99, I started working with The Roots and I started to write. And then graduated college in 2001. And then I was kind of just like floundering. I was like trying to figure it out. Like I was like, you know, in my head, I was going to law school. And then I was like, I'm not going to law school. And then I was like, well, what can I do? You know, I I I wanted to be so I wanted to be part of music so badly, but I didn't know what was the chosen path, and and I didn't figure that out for a long time because you know I worked at a major label, I worked at a radio station, I worked at an artist management companies. My the through line was 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 writing, right? Like right. that always like stayed with me. Right. But the leap of faith, the real jump, was probably about 13 years ago, where I was like, I'm just gonna jump, like, I'm just gonna trust fall into writing and and see what happens. And that was, that was one of those things where no matter what it was, like, my mother had faith that I was going to land on my two feet. And if I didn't, she was there to catch me. But she always knew that, like, she didn't really have to worry about me, because I was someone who always had like six jobs. Like in college, I had four or five (laughs) jobs, Right. Um, you know, I worked on campus and human resources. I worked at my uncle's law firm. I, um, I handed out flyers for the roots and I wrote and I worked at the record store. So I was like always doing, I was always working. And even, even when I was in grad school, I was teaching ESL and writing to factory workers
4: Mm -hmm.
3: and I was working part time at my uncle's law firm. I was working part time at a record label and, I was sweeping the stairs at Fat
2: Wow. But you had to take yes. that leap of faith.
3: Yeah, I had to get to a point where I had to have faith in. in when you have a business degree, but you know you're not a business person, like I'm a double Pisces, right? So, like, oh. I, you know. Oh, we I, don't to talk about I,
4: that.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> she loves like, Zodiac.
3: <laughs> yeah, like and, uh, um, I'm a moon in Aquarius, which is why I like, you know, running and hide, right? So. <laughs> When, but when you're wired for business and you're told that, like you know, you should be, you're going to law school and all this other stuff, you really struggle with the concept of calling yourself an artist, right? Mm-hmm. And a creative. Right. And even though I knew how to write, even though I had been writing since I was a little kid, even though mu- I felt music was tangible to me, it was a different experience. You didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't identify as an artist. I always hated that person with the leather notebook in in the cafe. Partially because I was like... Starbucks. of them, Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I'm like, man, I can't do that because, you know, you're drinking like a, an espresso shot to keep you up tonight and I'm drinking like this like goofy iced tea and you're writing in this little book and I have horrible handwriting. I can't possibly be a writer, right? Like even though I knew how to do it, like I did not identify... Allow myself, and that's imposter syndrome talking, just completely right. So, yes, it is. I, I didn't, I didn't understand what it was that I was um, hiding from, and you know, there's also I, I had so much reverence for the culture mm-hmm. that I didn't want to come across as a cultural tourist, and God forbid, a culture vulture. Right, so I, I was so afraid to even delve into the part of me that could use my words to express my love of a culture that I wanted to make sure that I didn't want people to think I was co-opting.
4: Right. Mm.
3: So that was another, that was another part of it. And you know, men have, don't have that problem at all. Right. And right. so I, I also I, I add the layer of feeling like I had to make sure that I knew all the liner notes. And I knew all the producers and I knew all the references. So nobody would think I was a groupie. Mm -hmm. So there was that on top of it, right? So you have to be this walking encyclopedia. So no matter how hard you try, you still have to be very left brained in this, because you had to prove that you weren't just in it for the shifts and the giggles. Mm -hmm. So I had to like go the extra mile of hardcore left braining it, to the point where my right brain felt kind of abandoned outside of when I was actually writing the product. So there, it was a lot of confusion around being able to identify as a hip-hop journalist mm. for a number of different reasons. And by the time I looked in my rearview mirror, I had over a decade of documenting the culture. To the point where I was like, you know what? I know
2: what I'm talking you, about.
3: <laughs> but, but but if you don't jump now, you don't jump. And, you know, I mean, I was also the kid who donated part of her allowance to Zulu Nation. So I was always a part of, yeah. you know, hip hop, whether or not hip hop knew, knew it. Right? right. So. Yeah. But I had to turn around and, and say to myself, if not now, then when?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We all got to make that leap at some point, you know?
1: Yeah, but like, let me tell. I under I, I I, please forgive me, fellas. I don't think they that Rob and L understands that imposter syndrome because it it really is like it cripples your life, and then you go ten times harder. And I could tell in your writing because I was like, "Yo, this is." When I say well researched, I was like, "This is an article that you would have to literally search the archives for to find it." And most people, no offense, most people who say they are, they love hip hop or they love the artists or they love the culture would never go the extra 10 feet to be like, Nope, here's the article. Here's the statement. Here's the person who said it. And your bibliography was beautiful. It was so beautiful. I'm so sorry, but like, no, I get it. And like, I, I'm so glad that you explained it because like, not just explained it, but you told that part of your story, even when you did God save the queen. In the first part of the book, I was like, yo, did they just call her the see you next Tuesday? And like, just when you talked about working at the record store and how you would organize it and you was like, no, we need a section for women hip hop. And you you did that. I was like, yo, yo, thank you. Because when you, when I used to go into the store to buy hip hop, I would be like, I got to fish through all this nonsense. Why do you (laughs) have beach boys with beastie boys? Like they're not the same boys. Don't do this to me. (laughs) Right but no, yeah, no. And, find the back, and the Backstreet Noble. Boys I mean <laughs> no but no I'm like we're talking about record and tape trader type days FYE like it is yeah and when when women when women started making CDs like do you know how hard it was to find a Queen Latifah CD like one well one yeah. I always got punished for all the hip hop I had I got punished for Little Kim I got punished for DMX I got punished for Snoop Dogg I got <laughs> punished for The Locks I got punished for who else you named it. I got punished until until 2001 M no, I didn't buy Eminem. No offense to Eminem. Heather B. I didn't get Heather B. I snuck that out from my cousin. So anyway. But yeah, yeah. I thank you for um highlighting that. And I just want to say you no, you are not a culture vulture. You are not a tourist. You are like I real think Real recognizes real. Yeah. You know, yeah, when
2: you put in the work, people, you know, people know when somebody's faking the funk and somebody's really about it. But like you know? in our
1: society, they don't like and they don't I,
2: always give you a chance though. They
1: don't give women a chance. They, oh, yeah. And that's why I love God Save the Queen. Like, you wrote their story so beautifully and you didn't like even when they were talking about the beefs, you you focused on like, well, let's just let's look at this and from this article and this interview, this beef was manufactured or this beef was done because um it was a disagreement. And when you like brought up Lady Luck and her beef with Remy Ma, I was like, yo, thank you. Because I was like, they really didn't have beef. I just think Remy was just spitting. And it was like you said an old rhyme. Not old but a previous rhyme she had that she spit and like Lady Luck was like, yo, I didn't I realize she wasn't this and me. And like, thank you for not like going in on Nicki Minaj and saying, Oh, and like you highlighted Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion in such a way. Speaking of which, how was it to interview Flo Millie? <laughs> I'm sorry, Aww. I just jumped all over the place.
3: Um, for her show proof for double XL? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you. She was, I mean, you know, I, I am so enamored by the energy of the women that are out today because their energy is so different from any of the energy that other women in hip hop had because it's, it's a different kind of energy. Now, granted, it's because of all the women who came before mm-hmm. that these that these women can um, have this you know moment right and 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 not even just a moment I mean this is this is something that is going to continue but you know the thing that I love about um, Flo Millie is she has a confidence about her mm-hmm. but still is very much rooted in remaining herself but like in a in a very much like you know you you know that all of her friends are still the same friends that she had coming up Mm -hmm. you know and and you know when we when we had talked she had been visiting Alabama um it was in the middle in the midst of the uh, pandemic but she she had been in, in um in Alabama and just like hanging with her friends because, you know, she didn't live there anymore. Like, she's been going back and forth places.
4: Mm-hmm. And you
3: can tell that she had already just, like, you know, she wanted, she craved that home. Like, she wanted to be home. And, and it, was, it was just really good to, to, to speak to her. Because I, I love capturing artists, especially women in hip-hop, when they're on the verge. Right? Mm-hmm. I, and, and, um, and I've prided myself throughout my career. Of being the person who catches artists right when they're on the brink of something amazing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I spoke with Sweetie right when Icy Girl dropped, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and then I got to talk to her again this past year. And like, we had this kind of moment because that's the best part when you catch them right before mm-hmm. and then you catch them like afterwards, you know, um, I, uh, you know, getting to talk to, um, I got to do the same with Lotto, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I, like when, when, when she first, first, I mean, you know, and, and her, her star, you know, has, um, like, she's, she, she went quickly. She's like a, she's like a supernova. She's like, she started and then she, you know, got really big, but she also just had like a longer history, you know, starting as a teenager. But when, when she first, um, when, when she got just, you know, her exposure was, was, um, insane that, uh, getting to talk to her and, and catching that was just beautiful and now she's just, you know, fantastic. And then I mean talking to Meg for the book, my goodness. Just I that was something that was special to me too. And then I also got to talk to um, you know, um Risa, the, the young Miami, um, you know, from City Girls. I did their mm-hmm. show and food and then getting um you know, I I, I had to send my questions to J T while she was still away. Mm-hmm. So I I love this new generation of um, of young women in the space. I, I love it because they come with a confidence that they're just not gonna take any bullshit and they're they're not the the fight is a different fight, right? It's, it's right. different, right? And and it comes with a different energy. And oh my god, cash on like those two oh books. There's so many, there's so many getting to interview all of these incredible women and then not to mention all the women that came before them that are still doing it. You know, I, have I've interviewed, I've interviewed every single woman in hip hop with the exception of, of three, I think. And that it just, it, over time and, and, and just getting to do that, you know, is like, is just, um, it's a gift because women in hip hop fight a different war.
1: Yes.
2: Were you ever able mm-hmm. to talk to Lauren Hill?
3: Oh, don't, see that's, she's one of the ones that I have I have so many Stan. Oh my god. cuz
2: she's, she's like in my book she's like the you know, she's like she's like at, at the top. She's I like my have, favorite female MC.
3: I have really pathetic moments when I've met Lauren Hill. Ooh. Oh. So, I met Lauren Hill for the first time in 98 when she signed my miseducation cd august 25th 1998 mm. and she was signing them behind a school desk at the virgin mega store and i said to her that i i had to go to Lilith fair i went to Lilith fair to see lauren hill in concert and she ended up canceling and um mm. and i and i the first thing i said to her was i went all the way to Lilith fair and you didn't show up and she goes i'm so sorry <laughs> and i was like oh it's oh it's okay and and she was like what's your name and i i said kathy and she signed the cd to kathy i'm the only i'm the only one that she signed her my name like most people she was just signing names and saying hey thank you and she, i was i I still have it framed and i made a little frame with these sad little <laughs> magazine cutouts oh, so anyway nice. I, I said to her i was like um Miss Hill and I called her Miss Hill back then I knew something right and I was like can I shake your hand and she was like of course and I shook her hand and I like walked out of the Virgin Megastore and I almost got hit by a cab because <sighs> I was just like in, um, in a different zone And
2: you were transported <laughs>
3: yeah I was like I, it was like ridiculous and then I when I um, in, you know in college um, a couple friends lived in Lauren Hills Town so I would be at their house and like the, like one of my friends, um, her sorority house was right near um, where Lauren Hill lived. So I'd be out, like walking on the street, and Lauren Hill would be outside, and I just like I had to like play cool, like I had to, like I would I had to like physically like control myself to not be because you know you're hanging out with your friends and you don't want to be that person, and, and it was like really crazy because like I went to she performed at the, this African Arts Festival in Brooklyn in 2001, I believe. Mm -hmm. and I was backstage at this point I'm in the music industry and I was like backstage and she looks at me and she goes you traveled just as far as I did to get here and and I handed her a map of the Vatican because she was going to Italy so the running joke was that I gave her the directions to go to the Vatican remember when she made her speech <laughs> so, so, the joke between everybody I know was that like I gave Lauren Hill the directions on how to
2: get. I showed Lauren Vatican. Hill the way. That's right. No, no. Yeah, uh,
3: like uh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm just that's messy. It's it's late at night, and I'm just telling all the silly stories.
1: But yeah, you're fine. You fine. fine. Yeah, you were I fine. love that part of the book when you said when like the running joke was giving her the map to the Vatican, and I was like, ma'am. <laughs> and now I found out you shook her hand like she gave you the blessing I mean I can't say that I won't say that allegedly no fully believe yes no, I'm gonna, that didn't come out right please forgive me it's late but you know what I mean so- Miss Hill gave you the blessing to be the greatest of all time I mean it was already in you it was going to come out but Miss Hill gave you that blessing and you just had to take some extra time to recognize it so
3: I think it, it's the New Jersey in us that I think you know speaks to me because I don't know. She's oh, Lauren Hill is just so special. Like uh, I love her. It, it, the she
4: oh gosh. I wish I, she would I come back.
1: I mean, it's hard. I, hello, did
3: you hear on nobody with Nas? Like, I mean, she bodied yeah. that verse.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh. She's
3: she's got yeah. the the fire. The is fire that on King's never Disease? Left. Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. She,
3: the the fire never left. She just did not buy into the bullshit, and that's the thing that I. And I wrote a, um, um, a piece called, um, Lauren Hill owes us nothing. I believe it's called. Yes. And, um, and it was basically explaining just that, like, she doesn't owe us anything. You can't like the thing about being a woman in hip hop specifically, you can't keep poking and poking and prodding and criticizing and then when they leave because they're tired of that you claiming that you've been deserted.
2: Right. People are selfish like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't do that. And she she voluntarily checked out because you can only criticize someone so much for everything but the genius of her work because you can't criticize that.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And if anyone is interesting in the piece that Kathy just brought up, that was on um, Pitchfork.com. Lauren Hill owes us nothing from July thirteenth, two 2015, which, again, was a magnificent piece and actually articulates how I feel about Miss Hill. And I love the way that she was like, hey, she had a lot going on in her life, her personal life. That's okay. why... There's so much more to than just like, you know, industry beef and like why clef. It's like she had a lot going on and for us to think that she owes us another album, look, I am perfectly fine if all I have is the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I want it, but you know, yada yah. I want to shut look, up look, now. Look, <laughs> look, so we we've been talking about uh, music stores been talking about Lauren Hill.
0: I've never gotten to meet her, but let me tell you, when her album came out there's only been two instances before fye was fye they were the wall right mm-hmm. um, there was only two instances where i went to that store and called them out on their policy to go and just give me a new tape or a new cd one is the sound bombing two album because i played it so much it popped the tape pop two the miseducation of lauren hill Yes. I was on my way to work, and uh, this was at the time we had this uh, when it used to be a mall. Um, I was on my way to work. I used to work out at Macy's, and I had to always pass going into the mall, always pass Sam Goody, but right up top was the wall. And just as I get into the store, five minutes before I have to work, the tape pops. Oh! <laughs> the tape pops. Nightmare And I was already And I hated working at Macy's I'm already on like I don't know how many strikes right So I'm looking at the tape And I'm like by the time I get out here They're going to be closed I don't get a long time for lunch Sure I could run over But you know I had school I didn't really get a chance to eat Fix dinner All the stuff I would normally do to prep So Mm -hmm. I said "How How much do I care about this job I turned right back around and I had my badge ready. I was going to do all the things that I need to do. I went over to the wall. And I was like, listen, I know I should be having a CD, but I'll buy it Friday. But for right now, can you replace this tape? I cannot make my commute home without Lauren's album. It is not I going to happen. I can't believe this. Oh, this my is, God. This is going to be a problem. And the guy looks at me. He says, my man, we only have one more copy in the store. This is, when it, this is just when it just came out. So so I I loved it that much. So he, he goes in the back, gets me that copy. And I'm sitting there like, on my word, I'm going to be back. I'm going to get a CD. I'm telling you. Friday, still somehow got my job. Went over. <laughs> <laughs> went over. And I was like, let me get that CD. He was like, good. I was waiting for you. And that was the thing. And I loved the album. I loaned it to a friend of mine who we always would loan CDs and everything and I remember he brought he brought me the CD. He was like you got the tape of this too, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like how did that happen? I was like, I can't afford to lose it. <laughs> I it's just too much. The fact that I even loaned it to you means something. We're friends. But that that album and to this day, I still have I still have that album cuz you know me, I hoard, I'll, I hoard my albums. I was
2: listening to The Final Hour yesterday.
0: Listen. Uh. So, that's my favorite. I want to just put this in the air for you, Kathy. I need y'all to somehow reconnect. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'll be waiting for that article. Because side note, and I've told y'all this, and I'll say it again, Kathy, you put me on the Rhapsody when Rhapsody was yeah. just getting started. It's,
3: Man, Rhapsody, Rhapsody, is just so so incredible, and I feel like I if you want to talk about someone being blessed by Miss Hill, that was that was that's rap, you know, because um you know Miss Hill saw the fire in Rhapsody too and, and I think it's also Rhapsody's such an incredible human and she is just she's just someone who the way she sees the world and then puts it into words um it's just she's so important and I'm I'm like blessed to call her one of my dear dear friends. And sisters and I'm you know she's just someone she's just extraordinary and you know the, again like there's just very few people who are like born to change the world and I know that she's one of them
0: right it's so. awesome right before um I was I was going to I was going to Switzerland for a week and right before Switzerland Rhapsody had a show here in Baltimore and I called my homie up. I said, listen, if we don't get to go to another concert. We have to go to this show. He had never, huh. he had never heard Rhapsody before. So I like to take him every time I go to a hip hop event, concert, I always take him with me because i like to put him on a new artist. And I just remember when she came out on the stage and she was like, you know, if they ask about me, you tell them I'm a beast. And she let out oh. this big laugh when she said it. But the thing about it, we're like, no, 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 we, you, we'll do this. And her stage presence was so commanding. And she just, she could just get the crowd. And she knew how to, she knew just how to navigate. And it was just a really awesome night. And so having that, just that experience. And then like, for me, Like, just thinking about your story with Lauren, you know, shaking her hand. So, I don't like smiling in pictures. I really don't. Like, and if I smile, I always feel like I look weird. It's just a thing.
2: That's hip-hop right there.
0: (laughs) I let out the the biggest freaking smile, and then you could just see it in my face the whole entire like, Oh, my gosh, this really happened. I got a picture because I'm probably not going to believe it or gonna think it was a dream. This really happened. (laughs) And I still had that picture on my phone looking goofy as all hell. But it was the best moment. So I just like when you were telling your story about Lord, I was just thinking like, Yeah, those feels. <laughs> those feels. Man,
2: I want to find out like all the the latest artists that are coming out now. Like
0: She got the inside connect. But but see that, <laughs> but see that's also a thing, and that's why I and Kathy, I just wanna thank you for uh coming on to the show because Kathy's writing to me has always been top notch and it's just it's just brilliant. Yeah, and there's very few when it comes to journalism. There's very few people that I will honestly check for. Kathy is one of the people I will check for. If Kathy says I got. Wow. Alcohol, I, I understand. I understand now. Like the yes. power, it's, like finding yes. out the real hip hop, you, you, and not just that. Just the, in the way that you weave your words, you weave it with such passion, even in in your articles. And by the way, I um, want to make sure in the show uh, description that we actually put a link to your muckrack. So then that way anybody who wants to quickly find these articles and just anything that you worked on, they can do that. And if, if that works with you and if there's anything else you want us to add, you know, let me know. Uh,
2: oh, for sure. That's, that's what's up. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I don't know anytime, but yeah. like, yeah. Th- that was the thing.
2: <laughs> one, one last question. I So, um, so, so one last question about Leah, I just wanted to know, was there anything that you wanted to, maybe people to know outside of the book about her life that, you know, people may find surprising or may have like a misinterpretation about her. Was there anything that you wanted to express about her that people might not, you know, have the wrong idea about maybe or something like that? Or, or was it all uh, in the book or do you think you, you know, the book pretty much capsulates that, which I'm talking about.
3: Um. Well, I want people to understand that Aaliyah was a musician. She wasn't a vessel for everyone else's genius. She was the genius. Mm. That's not to take away from the genius of the people she worked with, right? But I think the way that we always, the way that Aaliyah was always positioned was as someone else's muse and you know she was somehow da vinci and the mona lisa so that's what i want people to know because yeah that because that's the that's the that's important to um the the important, important distinction it's, of, yeah. of, of of Aaliyah because when and, I, and, and maybe it was because her vocals were so delicate and, and beautiful and maybe it was because she was so delicate and beautiful and mm-hmm. maybe that's a testament to the sexism that she had to endure that women can't be delicate, beautiful and strong or delicate, beautiful strong and a genius or delicate, beautiful strong, the genius and musical, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe it was that she couldn't that she wasn't allowed the ability to be, to have that many adjectives. Right. Yeah. But that's what I want people to know is that she was both the artist and the art. And she never got enough credit for that. She never got enough credit for being the one who actually revolutionized everything that she touched. Because when you remove Aliyah from that equation, the art isn't the same. So, there's something, there's something to that. Right. And, and that's the, that's the thing that I, I really want people to know, you know, yeah.
4: she, she's,
3: she's the, yeah, she's the artist and the art. And, and that's, that's not a lot of, not a lot of people are that, you know, not a lot of people have that ability. And and I think that's why 20 years after her passing, we, she's still so tangible. We still feel her and see her. And, and the fact that this music, um, reaching streaming is like this homecoming of sources, um, for so many people who don't have access to celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. It's really like she's, she's still here. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. You know,
3: we, we, we've got the billboards in time, the billboard in Times Square and ones in London and um, Hollywood. You know, we, we have that now and we have the videos um coming in the music and, and all this other stuff. So it's like she never left and, and I think that when you're an artist like that who can create something twenty five years ago that stands the test of time. Yeah. You know, it says more about her than the trends that had existed after her.
2: She is one in a million, just like people say, you know? Sure is. Sure I, is I just wish that You know, one thing I extracted from the book and learned is, you know, having the right people around you is really important because, you know, if they take, they may take for granted or they may, you know, take a selfish role and not respect the brilliance that is around them and they use it for their own selfish intentions or they don't respect it, you know, can only lead to trouble and unfortunately that's how i think we got into the situation we are now is that people didn't honor honor her as a human being and as and as and as an artist that needs to be respected and so it's just the le- you know it's a it's a tragic lesson that you know we have to you know we we just have to hold people in a higher regard in general you know, the people that are, are with us. And so that's, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's the lesson I got from reading your book. And so,
3: I appreciate that. And that was, you know, that's one of the main messages that I wanted to get across is that, you know, I, people had asked, you know, for some of the stories that I, I told, like, well, why tell them? Right. And you know, that's why tell the entire story. And it's like, you know, outside of the fact that you want people to know about this incredible artist who is also an incredible human. Mm -hmm. Some of these stories, like I want, I want, um, I want a um, a female artist to read this book and recognize that when something doesn't feel right in her career or something doesn't feel right about the airplane she's about to get on, Mm -hmm. that she thinks about the book and and stopped herself from from pleasing everyone around her, right? Or, you know, and and focuses listens, listens to her inner voice, right? Yeah. Um like that's that's something that and and listen, there's a lot of things um that Alia went through that she couldn't help, right? You know, um there was a lot of circumstance. But there for someone who or even the, the team around the person, you know, it, it it's it's a lesson for everyone that a to appreciate the artist while they're still here. That first and foremost, but mm-hmm. then also protect the artist while they're still
2: here. Yes, yes. You
3: know, yeah. This is I, I, I. When I worked at a record label, the thing that really didn't sit right with me is that everybody from top to bottom had health insurance with the artist, mm. and mm. and that's something that, or even life insurance right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's something that you're talking about the, the, the reason why the lights are on and you're not making sure that they're protected. So that, that's just something that there, and, and in hip-hop it's even worse when it comes to our legends. There should never be a time oh, yeah. where a hip-hop legend should have to crowdsource for a kid. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm.
4: That, should, that, should never,
3: that should never happen. Um, you know the things like that the architects of a culture that people have widely consumed and exploited in so many different ways if you are an architect of something that is now a multi billion dollar industry you should never have to worry about a single organ in your body
2: that's right
3: so yeah I mean you know that was kind of a, I, 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 I trailed off but it, <laughs> it, it, still, it still stays the same where it's like you know well, people are so quick to make money off an artist, but don't want to protect their
2: entire lives.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Kathy, I believe Aaliyah read your book in heaven. I really believe that. I, I really hope do. So. I, I I believe that she somehow that she somehow knows the words on that paper, and is smiling in heaven right now.
0: I'm a, I'm a level and say uh, for an ex, uh, an experience I've I've never honestly had reading a book this was a, a first where i literally am hearing the music as i'm reading yeah yeah i am and and that was a wild experience and is and the thing is i would read it i would read a few chapters at night i would go to bed i'd wake up and the music just resumes i had to and hit then, up youtube like it, it just it, it you know and you know what the thing about it is well, now, not once it was like, oh, let me, you know, let me pull up something on YouTube or let me, you know, go into the archives. The music was just there with me. It was like natural. It was almost to the point like I'm sitting there making breakfast. I'm, almost, I'm <laughs> thinking like, okay, now I know I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm reading Kathy's book, but I'm like, if I'm going to keep hearing this music, at some point I'm going to be like, okay, so uh, Aaliyah was happening, like. <laughs> Because it, it was a it was a con, it was a connection. It was a connection. Reading a book and then being a fan, remembering all those experiences, you felt the spirit. And it, it was let me to be real with you. Um, it, it really was a different experience because it, it it gravitated. And i there's so many books from you know that had either whether it been a biography from a, uh, a favorite artist or whether it was um just a a couple articles i read. This was one of those moments where it's like, no, I'm really hearing the music. I'm really hearing it. And I'm, I'm reliving certain experiences. And that was just a really like special moment for me. And thank you because to get these stories and to learn things that I didn't, I didn't know. Um, just even at the time, one of the most, uh, powerful questions, you know, was like, you know, where were you when Aaliyah, you know, died, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just remember working on some school, I was working on some classwork, Mm -hmm. 92Q was on and all of a sudden, you know, the news, they, you know, they get back, you know, from playing a song and the news comes out and the whole world stopped the whole world like, mm. just legit stopped. I'm like, what did I just hear? I called my friend. I was like, are you listening to the radio right now? He's like, no, nah, mm. what happened? I'm like, Aaliyah. And I couldn't I couldn't even just get it out. I was just like, Aaliyah. And he was like, what are you talking about? And you know, this is before we got social, you, mean you don't have social media to just, you know, yeah. jump back and, yeah. and hold on. So, he was like, he turns on the radio and he's on the phone with me. And he's like, you fucking with me. And I'm like, <laughs> I like, dude, no, no, I'm, I'm calling to make sure I'm not crazy, you know? And so, yeah, that, that it, it, it just, it stung. But what I, I, I appreciate about the just going through each chapter was just how everything was woven and it came from a place. It came from a, 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 a brilliant pen and a really great heart. You yes, know? definitely. And so I'm, I'm telling you, like this: keep writing, keep writing, keep making sure people know there's dope women in hip hop, and they need, they need to get on board and stop sleeping. That's right, you know, because
2: <laughs> keep this renaissance going. Listen, she
1: is. We got the notorious Kim coming <laughs> right, out in March. Exactly. Course. That's, sorry, that's sorry, what sorry, I'm sorry. saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> oh, you know we're gonna have you back on the show for that yeah. because let me tell you. <laughs> Talk about albums you could get in trouble for. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> I, will tell this I will still get in trouble for that album and I will still write oh. Big Mama Thing and I don't care. Oh, oh dear oh. little Kim, if you hear this, I know I'm not your biggest fan, but you got me through middle school and part of high school. Not because I was doing stuff, but because I had that bravado, oh, ma'am. Sorry. Thank Little you. Thank you for the me. So you best take heed.
2: Shall, Shall I proceed?
1: Yes. Indeed. indeed. I'm a <laughs> shade where <laughs> I can't, can't get, paid. get paid. Oh, I can't do the rush. Right <laughs> Never mind. I screwed uh, up. You can slide and up. and
3: and the beauty of it is all Leah's in that video, so we're it's like a full full circle. <laughs> so. We've come full circle. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So I have two more questions that, and I'll leave you alone. Go ahead. Yes.
3: I appreciate what you said, you know, and I, and I appreciate, um, I just just appreciate talking to you all because it's, you know, the, the thing about the Aliyah book that I think is also something, an experience for me is every time I've spoken about the book with people, even when I'm doing my press, cause I can always tell who loves Aliyah versus, you know, who's reporting on a trending topic, right? And usually what will happen is that when I talk to the person, as soon as we get on the phone before we even start an interview, they tell me where they were when i died, And, um, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're all just a bunch of broken hearted fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to find the the right way to, to sew the heart back together. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this book with a broken heart, you mm-hmm. know, because it was a, a, a heart that didn't heal since 2001, um, for this artist. So, that it's it's special to me when people who I don't know or people like I do know, you know, or casually know, can when we all connect in that same brokenhearted moment and, you know, you read the book and you feel something and, and, and you know, it's like you're not, it doesn't heal the broken heart, but it, it just kind of makes it less painful. And that was the thing, like being... Being able to write this book was something that I just wanted to get out of me because of, because as a writer, that's what I I wanted to, I wanted to get the story out. And as a woman, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to defend her and all the stories that had been circulating. But then like, there's like this whole other thing where, it's you know, getting people who over time have just viewed Aaliyah as a a face on a t-shirt. I wanted them to experience her beating heart, and that was like a a big deal for me because you know she's more than that shirt at Target. Especially
2: right? for the Gen Z people, you know, <laughs> that don't even that b- might barely even know who she is. That, that you know,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no. yeah.
0: That, uh, that. <laughs> just just what just just what you said. It just it it really gosh
2: i still you know i'm still in denial i still Uh, can't believe she's gone like i haven't fully accepted it yet i think she's coming out with a new with a new album like 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 next month
3: well she is it's called unstoppable
2: oh oh, oh, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) well there you go
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) immortal i mean yes yes it's it's her she wanted this music to reach the world. You know, this is, this is her divine timing. And I don't even, you know, people thought that my book was a part of an entire rollout. That wasn't the case. And it was actually even just the timing of it all was not uh, like, I hadn't, I had no idea. I mean, I knew several months before that the music was coming, but I didn't know it was coming when I got the book deal or whatever. And like, I didn't, I certainly didn't know that that other guy was going to be on trial when the book was coming out. And I, you know, so it was, the there's there, the timing of it all, both good and bad, you know, was, um, was, was a unique experience as well, bringing this book out. But, um, I think we're getting, we're getting to see just how strong Aliyah was.
4: Yeah. We're, we're,
3: with the music we're showing just how timeless she is, you know, and it, it's, this is the, you know, she, this is the moment, like, you know, we, she just, the, you know, the whole deserves her flowers, like, she, she deserves all of them. And, and I'm just, um, I'm just happy that she's, like, here still, you know, she's here. And, yes. and it's, it's just, it's, um, it's just incredible. And, you know, we, uh, I had had, you know, this conversation with Kim about this, because I, I had said to her, you know, for me, it just felt so like there was a reason it went from Aaliyah to, to little Kim, you know, because they were close. And, and, um, you know, I, I, was, I was, I told Kim that, that it was just like, it, it felt like that, like that there was a reason why I was able to do her book and, and then Kim's book, you know, so it was, it was cool to do.
1: People go get this book right now. Yes, yes. In fact, um, pre-order it. Pre-order Kim and go get this book. Like, yes. let's not. Like, come on now. Amazon got deals. Don't get it from Amazon. Go to a local small book retailer, please. You know, support local small support small books. Like, yeah,
3: preferably women-owned or black-owned, please. If yeah. You can find both. That's
1: even better. In Baltimore City, there's Greedy Reads in Fell's Point and on 29th Street, and you can definitely get it there and pre-order it. Sorry, it's it's a woman-owned bookshop. Sorry a hey, a hey, sorry
0: hey, no, no represent no apologies on the show that's you know right we get down that's right uh, so folks for all you wonderful listeners you know we got a contest what what we got yeah that's that's right we got a contest this awesome book which you could own a copy of all you got to do is make sure you go to our twitter because we're going to share the link into a contest to actually win a copy all right. Get to win a copy. You hear me. You hear me. One lucky person. All right. Because the winners chose at random is going to win a copy of baby girl, better known as Aaliyah. Tell right. me. Oh, 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 uh, look, excuse hey, me. Hey, hey, sir, sir. I, sir, I, chill. I, I sir, am so sir, sorry. Sir chill. sir, chill. All you got to do is make sure you follow Kathy. Make sure you follow us. The instructions are real simple. We're going to have a link and uh, there's a bonus. See, there's a secret word that you got to, that you got to enter. Okay, if you want to get extra chances, extra entries. All right, now that secret word is Tommy. That that was the code. I figured if I put a Leah, it would be too easy. <laughs> so, I figured if I did any song, it, it'd be too easy. So I was like, I had to get the one thing that I figured nobody would, would jump on. But that's the yeah. secret code. And for those of you that skipped all the way to the end, hoping <laughs> that you was going to just get the code and go enter, you wrong make sure you rewind and actually listen to this because <laughs> kathy is awesome maybe we should add like something else to it yeah, well well they're, they're probably still listening i mean oh yeah that's yeah true. I, it just at this at this point well i don't know i don't know well, kathy would you like to choose the secret code a secret code mm. um mm-hmm.
3: to make it like super obscure
0: uh, I guess just to well, yeah. we'll see. Because the thing is, all they have to do is make sure they listen to that episode. And if they made it to the end of the episode, they they get the secret code.
3: Yeah, let's um, let's do, let's do um, Dolly Pop.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry. You writing that down?
1: Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I like we that. Go.
0: Uh,
1: it, right. Readers will understand because I'm sad we didn't get Dolly Pop
2: oh that's a good one that's a good one
1: can you imagine oh my god what if the colors like i feel like before there was rihanna fenty it would have been Mm -hmm. yeah you we are there speaking of which Mm -hmm. i am a sagittarius sun a cancer moon and a gemini rising so i'm guessing you're a pisces sun a pisces rising and an aquarius moon because you said it already oh my gosh, she's, nice like yeah, like, she's nice like that yeah she's nice like that no but she said it she she literally said she was a double pisces i'm like well uh, it has to be one of the two big three and then she said i'm an aquarius moon i'm like it makes sense why this book flowed like a beautiful sonnet <laughs> with like angelic angels because that is the pisces in you but it had, was so factual and i was like that's the aquarius and I, i'm sorry if you want to come back and talk about spirituality and the <laughs> oracle cards and the, oh, and the oh, little oh. kim book
3: yeah, I'll read. I'll do all your cards. I'll do. I'll read because I'm a card reader. I mean, I didn't just um, I didn't just make a deck for fun. Like, I mean, I did for fun, but I'm also a
4: card reader. So
3: I um I actually fun fact. Um, rappers come to my house and I do their cards for them. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> oh, 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 oh so I got a. I got I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. So share favorite experience. Like reading, reading the card for someone. Uh, what would Um, you say to be the best? Most memorable.
3: uh, (laughs) I'm not going to say names,
0: right? Um,
3: but (laughs) a a particular artist was um signing a major deal, and I sat down. Actually, I'll do one. I can tell you one specifically that I, I really love. And I could tell you the artist, but this one I can't, only because it's just it, it just I you know
4: no problem um, right.
3: right. But, but this was one artist. Um, we're sitting there, and it was um, it was him and another artist. They both came over, and we ordered um, we ordered pizza and wings and like and like it was like it's just I mean it, my my card reading events are pretty intense. It, it's was pretty funny. Like we'll just like we just get a bunch of food and stuff like and I was so anyway. I was like, they're on the cards, and I was like, "Are you about to sign a record deal?" And he like looked at me like, "Oh my god!" Like, if he was switching, um he was switching labels, and he was just like, "Ah!" And his, like, "Boy, was like, Yo. and Like, they were just like, and and he's like, "Yeah, should I?" And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "I was like, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a good one." <sighs> and and it was like, he's like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Like, so like from that point on, like he would call and be like, "Hey,
4: you okay?" Oh, to do a
3: quick throw yeah can you do a quick drone trying to see something <laughs> like it's like you know so um you yeah, are the new so, agent yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then um so when this story, I can actually tell like you know specifically, but um a couple of years ago, um my dear dear brother Vic Mensa um flew me out to Chicago to help work on his album the autobiography and um It was we did a series of interviews to pull moments from his childhood and his life to give him, um, you know, more fodder and and concepts for um, for his music. And you know, he had me go out there because, um, you know, of my my friendship with another dear spirit who left too soon, Prodigy. Um, So (laughs) so we're we're doing we're about to we're about to like you know start doing our interviews and like we I like whip out my like oracle deck and he's like what are you doing and I was like I'm gonna read your cards first and he's like what and I was like yeah and, and he's like he was like okay Like he was just like, he <laughs> like, and I'm like and, um, and I was like you know I was like throwing like at first like you know when I'm like you know you gotta like hold the cards to your heart and he's like oh like this like you know he, was, and like he, he wasn't like he wasn't taking it seriously because, you know, Vic takes everything seriously,
4: right? Mm. But
3: he was like, he was just kind of like, huh? And by so in like in the middle of the trip, like we did it again. And then the next time he like had the cards like, and he's like hugging them to his heart with his eyes closed. And, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, we did this whole throw and, and some of the songs from the album are based on that throw of like the, the things that he had, um, <clears throat> he had learned. But then a couple, was it like a year or two? or two later a year or two later I had to go I was meeting him at um somewhere downtown in New York City um I was doing um, a feature for Double XL, and um I like I got there and he's like he's like oh, you know like I had seen him in between but I, I hadn't um I hadn't actually like you know seen him um just like sitting down and talking to him and he's like you have the cards? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, all right. So we did the interview and he's like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm trying, to- I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see something like I have to, you know, like I got to to figure something out. And I like, so we did like a throw and, um, and it was just like, it was funny because, um, you know, and then obviously like we, we have like a wonderful friendship that when I was in LA right before the pandemic hit, um, I had this big dinner at this like one spot and, and, you know, Vic was there and he's like, did you bring the cards? And I was like, no. And he's like, what? <laughs> was like, get it but, um, yeah, it's the, I think that artists get the experience from an oracle deck as opposed to like a tarot deck, you know, mm-hmm. um, is, is like obviously a completely different experience. So the oracle deck is providing this kind of guidance. And I think like for artists who, who navigate with no compass, it's really, they love that idea of, not only being able to, uh, like, ask for guidance, but then get kind of, like, things that will help them, you know, move forward without necessarily predicting the future, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, puts, it still puts the control back in their hands.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
3: long story short, long-winded ask, um, answer to say, yes, I will definitely come back on and I can bring my deck and I can do everybody's cards and have everybody completely think i'm a total weirdo
2: so no, yeah, yeah we, gotta, <laughs> no. yeah, we yeah. gotta have her over drink some tea have some readings and and then <laughs> listen to the album to the uh alia album coming out
1: it, yes but you know. like, oh my <laughs> gosh like yes i mean okay so like because i have so many more questions because like like i'm, I'm assuming you're catholic because you're italian and well that's from what i read Please, if i'm wrong let me know and like just how that came the spirituality came about oh yes i can't wait to talk to you some more and like astrology and just you're just so dope you're just like a dope <laughs> wonderful amazing caring person i feel like you have a big heart but you're also very like nah we ain't effing with each other yeah because yeah. i ain't got this time for this energy pisces women are amazing that's all i want to say i'm sorry
3: I know. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to talk about this. I I mean, I love all three of you. Like, you're just amazing. And, um, I, uh, I'm glad that you, you want to hear about these things because, you know, the, not a lot of people, people can be very scared, especially like, you know, you know, I'm not going to go too far into it. obviously we're on what, like hour three at this point (laughs) now, but, um, uh, it is, it is weird. You know, when you make the jump from, I always call myself, I don't, I call myself a roaming Catholic yep. instead of a Roman Catholic. <gasps>
4: right.
3: So I'm a Roman Catholic, <laughs> R O M I N R O A M I N, <laughs> Roman Catholic. I, um, I understand. so yeah. So it's like, but I, I also think it's like, um, it it was it, for me because doing, I always led, I had like this like kind of duality where it was like spirituality and then like the, the musical aspect. And I was always afraid to merge into and it wasn't until I interviewed Erica Badu and she did my numerology chart like on the phone um, that I was like, and she's a, she's a February Pisces too. And like, we're just wired different. February Pisces are very different,
1: right? Like, no disrespect to March Pisces. Shout out to them too, but oh, no. February Pisces.
4: like I was you know.
2: no. with three yeah. and six No,
1: but I fully understand because like if you ever meet a November Sagittarius and a December Sagittarius, it's like the December ones are real like wild, but the November ones are kind of quiet and chill. And then once they connect with you, they're wild. And again, February Pisces to me are like very... Y'all is definitely like very spiritual, very mystical, but very logical. And March Pisces, like, woo! They have a <laughs> it's like they tap into a different element. But there, I get it. It's it's something about that when you're born thing. But yeah, we can talk about that next time. I'm gonna stop. I'll be yeah. here. Ha- man, we are having
0: too
2: much fun. <laughs> nah, listen.
1: This has listen. been
2: this has been a lot of fun
0: it has it has kathy thank you for coming on to the show i, I was looking at it, it's like oh no i only told it to be an hour so I'm like, <laughs> I no
3: i mean this is a you know it's it's funny like i i would be literally sitting in my bed watching the office by now but i'm like really enjoying this conversation i'm just like oh so what's everybody getting into this weekend
1: like <laughs> <laughs> well, i will be in new jersey going to the oreo cafe tomorrow but that's very odd and very, what? very odd. yes Hook um, up. Wait, up. Set it up. Wait, you live, it up. In, wait you, you live in Jersey? No, I'm in Baltimore, but me and my friends are taking a road trip up to Ru- Rutherford, New Jersey, to the American Mall, to the Oreo Cafe, because we were like, we're so sick and tired of being, like, good, honest people and, like, watching ourselves with this panoramic pandemic. And so we were like, we're going up there, and we're just going to wild out for a little bit. Bring your cards. Well,
3: when I'm... Um, <laughs> When when we when we stop the recording of this, I'm gonna give you some cheat codes on that area.
0: So. <gasps> <Thank> oh, <you>! <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, see. You know something, uh, Kathy, I, I'm I'm telling you, we we when we have interviews, there's always magical moments that happen on the on the show. And I have to say that like Chris the entire time was just so prepped i was like you, you know something this is this is going to be an interview where we probably hear her the most than we usually did we normally do here and yeah i did
2: not think we were going to get a spiritual connection on that level during
0: I, this interview i'm really i'm really sitting here like like hold on like i i figured this one would going happen i should have put money on this <laughs>
3: the vibe is strong the vibe is strong
0: Yes. <laughs> you know it is just, just beautiful we'll just want to thank you so much for uh coming on to the show kicking it with us folks please go buy kathy's books and, I, and listen really? i'm saying books i'm saying books yes okay yes <laughs> books.
2: she got other ones now nah. save
0: like god save the queens mm-hmm. okay baby girl better known as Aaliyah, go get it and also the cookbook that uh she did with Prodigy, please go get it inside. Commentary kitchen. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: And I have a I have a pro, uh, a quick story for you. Uh, I met Prodigy and it was by uh. chance when I was in I was uh in New York and mm-hmm. I was at MoMA. and <laughs> I'm walking around and he go he walks by and I was like, I think that's Prodigy. So I'm literally like, nah man, that that couldn't have been No, but but what if it is? So I'm not (laughs) thinking about anything, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom and do my business, and I'm leaving, and just as I go to open the door, he comes walking in. So my brain immediately is connecting the dots, like, oh shit, that's prodigy. So I'm like saying prodigy, but then my brain's like, wheeling back, like, bro, bathroom. Oh my like, god! Just, just, just keep going. So I'm sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up, let me get, let me get the fuck out. He's going past. Uh, I'm staying outside, so I'm like, holy shit, that was prodigy. So I'm, I'm waiting for somebody. He comes out the bathroom, and then again, like brain, brain is like, yo prodigy. So I just say it, and he's like, hey man, what's up? So he comes <laughs> over, he gives me a pound, and I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, oh fuck, this is happening right now. And so he was with somebody, and I was like, okay, I don't want to be that fan that's, you know, trying to get a picture, because I don't know know the situation. And I told this story before, but I don't mind telling it again. (laughs) I didn't know the situation, because he was with someone, so I didn't want to be like, okay, you know, maybe this is family, or he's just chilling. You know, because people rush, you know, people rush artists all the time. So you never know Mm -hmm. what's going on. So I wanted to be respectful. So we're just talking. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I live, you know, around the area, but I never get a chance to check this out. you know, this is kind of wild. And I was like, yeah. And then my hand, I was like, yeah, this is kind of wild too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh-uh. we go about my, we know, we, you know, he gives another pound and they're like, Hey, you know, man, I'm a fan. And we keep going. And around this time he, uh-huh. he partnered, he, he, him and Alchemist teamed up and he dropped the Einstein album. Oh, uh huh. And one of my favorite songs on there was Young and Thuggin. But in that song, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's like, you know, no, you say you're a fan, but you ain't taking pictures, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening to the album later, and I hear that verse. And I was like, oh man, I should have asked, <laughs> but it was a, <laughs> it was a circumstance. So you know, that was my favorite track on that album with do Genesis. But every time I hear it, I laugh because I was just like. Dude, I, I would ask for your picture, but I, I didn't know the situation. Then I didn't want to be rude. I want to <laughs> be one of these crazy Rabbit fans. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that. I just wanted I to share that. I love
3: that story.
0: I love that story. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like uh, another guest we had on the show, Gaston, he's like, Yeah, no, Roger's cool, man. I don't think he would have thought nothing. I was like, Yeah, man. But, you know, it was just in the moment. <laughs> Like, see, if anything, when you come back on the car, like, that'd be me. I'm like, okay, so which artist am I going to meet so I can know ahead of time, so I can be ready. Like, uh, Tyler, like, every time I go to a show, I never have a marker. And I keep telling myself, get a marker so you can get an autograph. I'm at Poison Pen. Mm-hmm. And, and... Ah! Yes. And and, and, really? and, and, listen, I'm at Poison Pen. I'm at Poison, I want to say... Because he, it was a modal technique. Uh, they brought the he brought the full circle. There was Reef the Lost Cause. There was so many artists that was with Oh my him. god, Jedi mm-hmm. Mind Tricks! It was a crazy show. Uh, side note, friend of mine heard Jedi Mind Tricks. He thought we was going to a Star Wars event, and he was oh, mad god. at me. <laughs> so we had to explain to Jedi Mind Tricks as a group. <laughs> so, um, so I met Poison Pen, and the whole entire time I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, I need to have an actual pen. <laughs> if I'm going to meet Poison Pen and get an autograph. Now, but you know what that was that was that was actually that was actually the second time, but he was with uh cuz Quali came through um at the time and the Mortal Technique was there. And that was the time I didn't have something with me, to sign. But before then, I remember, you know, being able to meet him, but that was always a thing. I would just never have a marker, so I was like, "You know what? The next time I go to a show, I'm buying a marker that I just keep and I'm going to even have a label for when I meet an artist." <laughs> the autograph marker it doesn't go anywhere just, the autograph
3: gotta, marker gotta,
0: i love that you just gotta just gotta you just I, I mean like at least with rhapsody i made sure i had i had battery life on the phone to get the picture because that was the main thing i said nothing <laughs> else you know somebody said listen yeah. i need i need to make an emergency call i have my phone now i gotta save this battery life man you don't have to use a pay phone i don't know what to tell you <laughs>
3: the payphone
0: oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> right but no thank you so much kathy everybody listening go get her book please make do. sure you follow her on social media and Liz, i can't wait to have you back yes uh, this cr- has
2: been a blast kathy thank you so much for doing this it's been it's been just too much fun and i just i, I just really appreciate everything everything you're doing you know leading the woman's movement forward thank you
3: thank you thanks for having me
0: Word, word. And with that, folks, we are out. Make sure y'all pay attention to social media for that contest. All right. Peace. son.